1: The people
0: who are not allowed to
2: Uh, with Karen and Chris. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks.
0: And this is Karen Kilgariff.
2: Karen, my friend, are you a sufferer of allergies? No. I am I, having them so... There's no reason. I look outside. There's no wind. It's a mild day. And I couldn't even sleep. And I sound nasally... What is happening? Could you have a sinus infection? I got it in the middle of the night. It, it somehow, I don't understand what is happening. And my voice, I sound like Grizzly Adams.
0: I think that's great for podcasting though. I swear to God, because it's just a different vibe. Right. People will start listening and they're going to be like, Who is this sultry 70s actor that's podcasting right now, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, I like that.
0: Chris, sex sells. I've told you this a thousand times.
2: You're right. It is sexy that I have phlegm in my throat.
0: (laughs) Yes. Women love phlegm. And men.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best. You better. I will. I always do.
0: For today's guest, you better do your
2: best. I'm very excited about today's guest. I am too. He's someone I have not seen for far too long. I don't even know where he resides now. (laughs)
0: That'll be question number
2: one. Yeah, we'll start with that. But as a stand-up comic, I used to love watching him perform yes. and I love his podcast. You'd probably know him from his podcast, the Duncan Tressel Family Hour. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it yet, do watch the Midnight Gospel on Netflix.
0: Yes, beautiful.
2: Because uh it is genius, mm-hmm. beautiful to watch. Everyone put your ears together. What? Yeah. I almost <laughs> Told people to clap at home. It would be cool. Put your hands together, even if you're driving, wherever you're I listening, at work. Do clap out loud for Duncan Tressel. <laughs> Hi, how are you, buddy? I'm great. You know that when I thought I had
1: allergies, you know what it was, my friend?
2: Uh oh, COVID.
1: No. Oh really? Yeah, you should get tested. COVID's symptoms are identical to allergies, which is why it's so like rampant because oh. people just think they have allergies.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, maybe
1: I, it's time to go. I don't mean to start. Well, I don't mean to start. I'm sorry for no. starting with a COVID hey. diagnosis. <laughs> start with a negative t- This is <laughs> what's
2: happening. And why would I? Yet it, it answers all the questions. Like I'm not near the beach. A place I'm allergic, by the way. Yeah. I'm allergic to the ocean. That's nice to find out. But, there, yeah, there's nothing happening outside. And I used to judge, like, when I lived in Austin, every day is like a Claritin commercial. There's just cotton balls yeah. and spores flying in the air, and people used to get something called cedar fever, where they'd actually oh get a headache Christ. and be... Bedridden, and I was like, uh, oh, these people are weak. I used to judge them. Yeah. <laughs> and now this is my comeuppance.
1: Yeah, it is. No, it's not. A, you know, actually, that's where I got the disease was in Austin. And, that, and, and it was during the apex of COVID in Austin. And the reason, my theory, the reason it was like peaking in Austin, or that was an epicenter, is because of just what you're saying. Everyone thought they had allergies because the symptoms are generally just... Allergies, runny nose, your eyes get itchy, yep. you know, and like, but no, it's it's COVID. Wow. And
0: how was your COVID experience, Duncan? Was it horrible and hard?
1: You know, it wasn't, it was medium. You know, I'm vaccinated, so I got the vaccinated COVID experience, okay. which sure, is great. Sure, Sneezed on my baby, Di- baby didn't get COVID, <gasps> wife didn't, like, know what, like, it didn't transmit, thank God. My <laughs> yeah. Baby. I sneezed COVID on my baby. I no. sneezed COVID right in his face because I thought I was. <laughs> this is when I didn't know what it was. It was just like mild symptoms. It's like, ah, fucking allergies. Sneeze <laughs> a saw spittle on the baby's face. <laughs> Plague spittle. Not the, no one got it except, except me. But it was, it was uh, the worst part of it is the, is the psychological component. You know, watching the news when you have COVID. Mm, is I, not fun. Yeah. Because you're one of them. And like it's like just talking about <laughs> you as like an alien are no longer the non-COVID person. That sucked. <laughs> but um I got I had I mean I'm lucky. So I had really good, I had these like IV doctors coming in every day, giving me like weird IV fluids, and most importantly, like a nurse. Che- like there's they check you every day because if your oxygen gets Low, They just immediately send you to the ER. So it was nice to have like that, but it still sucks. It was 10 days away from my family in a, in a fucking, ho- in a Kempton. You uh, know, just- <laughs> those are nice hotels. The it Kempton. was nice. It, no, it was nice. And, but it was just like, I don't care what the hotel is when you when you can't leave without yeah. infecting people with a disease. It's
2: who provided these IV people and nurses. It was a amenity of the hotel.
1: <laughs> uh, no, we think pro- the, the the
2: pandemic hasn't progressed
1: that much. <laughs> they, they,
0: the Ho- COVID services are unbelievable. Uh, yeah. The
1: form of room service, is like <laughs> yeah, I would l- like the uh, salmon and an IV drip. Oh we, yes,
2: I love their continental nurse service.
1: No, no, I had a show that night, and okay. so I, I whenever I have a show, I I just need some time to get ready. And my family was there, so I've got two kids and. Uh, it was just not gonna, I needed a few hours to like get, look at my jokes. So I went to this hotel just to like relax and take a nap and then like look at my jokes. And, uh, you know, I thought I was hungover with an allergy, but I'm laying in bed, like trying to get a little rest. And then I, I just, I suddenly was like, oh, wait, you can't fucking perform. Right. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go on stage with your allergy? Yeah. (laughs) Like even if it is an allergy,
2: it's gonna be such a it's gonna be It's so funny how one hundred percent convinced I am that I have COVID now because I'm like, what? Why do I have allergies? Why am I so tired? Everything you're talking about.
0: Yeah. But the good thing is you can go to CVS and get those real quick tests. Like, it's not the old Dodger Stadium days where you're in line
1: and you're... going. You
2: mean one of these? Oh, there oh, you go. Really? See? I have it in my hand.
1: Boom. There you go. You could do the test. and Do
2: it on the podcast and then we'll see what the results are. <laughs> It'll be revealed. Like the lamest yes. reveal party ever. Do
1: it. I, I Yeah. And it happened. It, it was like... That was what happened when the nurse came. Because I... Like, we... Called this, this the IV service. The nurse comes, does the COVID swab, and it was like insta red. Like it yeah. was just yeah. like dark, thick <laughs> red stripe immediately. <laughs> and so I was, I was like, does this mean I have COVID? She's like, look at it. You're, you are infected. <laughs> You've got the disease. <laughs> no. You're patient zero. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs>
2: I've I have got to do it. I'm I'm anxious. At least I'll have an answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You probably don't. It's probably allergies. You probably don't have it. I'm sorry. I should have no. but you know, it is the same symptoms.
2: It's okay. I think that you might be right.
0: Well, and the nice thing is you are just like Duncan's saying, you're vaccinated. So yeah, it's that, you know, this is a thing lots of lots of people do go through. But I have been thinking about that because in quarantine, when it was when it was much more intense, you're so right. I remember people getting it and that kind of thing of, like, suddenly it was, like, like, there was the the almost c- the cultural repulsion where it's, I kept thinking about that. of like, God, it would be horrible to be the one that has to call people and go, hey, remember that dinner party we were yeah. all at? Like, yeah. I'm patient zero. That is awful for yeah. the
1: person. Yeah, it's awful. It's like you did, it's like STDs minus the sex. You've got to do the <laughs> same calls.
2: <Yeah>. So... <laughs>
1: So it's the same weird shame, but we, like, what did I, yeah. we, I remember? We not remember, we just talked had about a, sandwich a museum. Together. Yeah, we yeah. were just,
0: we went over our Netflix viewing of the month, and now I've given you something.
1: I've given you a plague that will be remembered for centuries.
0: But Duncan, here's, I haven't seen you in so long that you now have two children. That's yeah. very upsetting to me. But congratulations, not Thank the you. children part, but congratulations. <laughs> will you tell us about your... How old are they, and what are their names? Oh, I'd love
1: to. Yeah, sure. Well, um, the oldest is almost three. His name is Forrest. and the youngest is almost one, and his name is Dune. And oh, yes. um, yeah, <laughs> they're and they're wonderful. Just it's the greatest thing ever to like be in the presence of all the stuff. Parents say is it's, it's true. Yeah, I mean that's it. the problem. That's everything. Everyone said everything already. Right, but it's that.
0: That's great, though. I bet you're a great dad. That, that seems like something that would really well, I want you.
1: though. that's a huge compliment, and I appreciate it. I, I hope I am. I try to be. There's a, a book I'm reading, and there's a term in it called The Good Enough Parent. And I'll tell you, we live in a great time period with all this therapy we have access to that our yeah. parents didn't. Because uh, we don't have to wing it like they did. They just, like, <laughs> boosted it up, and we're like, I don't know. Yeah. don't <laughs> yell too loud. And then <laughs> I don't know. And But, like— we can we have like therapy, like real amazing therapy that is so crucial to you know to understand like cuz you over i over the problem is is like i had a ptsd that wonderful man but he was struggling with ptsd <clears throat> and so it's like i can overcompensate you know and go the opposite direction and that's reactionary it, as reactionary is like doing what whatever the parent is that like you know was like going through a rough spot, so it's yeah. just a tightrope walk. The whole like between like over like we're moving back. I'm in Asheville. You're wondering where I'm at. I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, okay, beautiful place.
2: It, That's where you're from. Place. You're you're in the mountains. That's like the eastern part. right? Up
1: here in the mountains, came out up here to de- during just to get out of the pandemic sure. in LA. You know, just get out of all of that madness. And now now we're gonna head back in the summer. Um But you know, like. My, my parents moved me around a lot when I was a kid, and so I have all these big feelings about moving the kids to different places. And any parent that's been a parent for a while, when you tell them, they're like, "What are you talking about? They don't care. They're three. What <laughs> yeah. one, one's one? You know what I mean? Like they 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 like to what? Yeah. But it's like because I have all the heaviness of my own like. Bullshit moving around all the time. It's this big, uh, you know, I'll be on the trampoline with Forrest looking at him and thinking to myself, you will grow old. You will grow old. And oh, <laughs> oh, the heartbreak you might feel. And can I? And he's just having, like, a good, just yeah. have jumping. He's, like, having and fun you're, jumping. And you're
2: thinking about his first colonoscopy. <laughs> exactly. So that's the work, I think, of
1: being a parent is, like, recognizing that you don't need to, like, Uh, trauma dump on your kids you know and like you know they get to have their childhood and enjoy just the innocence of just being a kid without you having to like add to that all of your like you trying to like place your unresolved shit on them
2: yeah it's funny my my dad i i always thought it was a bad thing to grow move around a lot as a kid because uh, according to his stories it meant you go to a new school and you have to get in three or four fights and, <laughs> with the bully and make and make sure everyone knows you're cool and then off to the new town he like was always fighting no that's how it
1: was I mean we're, that's how it was like our parents were like like getting in vicious fights when they were kids and their and their parents were like yeah that's good did you get yes. did you? Did you <laughs> crush his jaw. You (laughs) knock his block off like a good boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, That's real. (laughs) I've told this story
0: before, but there's a a legendary story because my dad grew up and was a teenager in the 50s in San Francisco and he had eight brothers and sisters and, you know, that's, they were like, they were like greasers basically in the 50s. (laughs) And um, there was one night when I was probably like eight years old. It was summer. Our windows were open. Me and my sister were in bed, but we weren't asleep. And we heard someone walking in the tan bark out in front of our house. And we lived way the fuck out in the country, so that never happened. And, there was. We heard footsteps in the tanbark and and heavy
1: breathing. What's tanbark? Sorry.
0: Oh, What's... Stand bark's that stuff that like it's on playgrounds a lot, where it's like big chips of redwood, um, and oh, they use it in like okay, landscaping yeah. to kind of fill sure, up an area. Sure, so sure. It's, the oh, dirt's that's covered. Creepy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: It was like a kind of a, a crunchy. You could just hear footsteps way better. And
2: heavy breathing.
0: And heavy breathing. Oh, and so Lord. I'm laying there, going, "No way. There's a like there's a weird pervert outside my window." And then I see my sister really fast run from her room to my parents room which scared me even worse cuz i'm like fuck she heard it too i didn't say fuck cuz i was 8 years old so <laughs> i run in there i run into my parents room too and my sister's like dad there's someone outside our window uh. whatever and my dad is like go back to your room opens up the um nightstand drawer Pulls out a switchblade, <laughs> flicks it open, and walks out the front door. And we what? were like, what? Like never seen that before. We did I didn't know we owned it. And he was like a fucking Jets and Sharks switchblade 50s guy. He, got, he gets outside. It was a golden retriever. <laughs> <And> it, was <laughs> this, it was this old dog that got lost in our oh, in our front
2: yard. <laughs> it must have been so hard to stab it. It was, that would feel. like <laughs> oh, he killed it. He still he went Yeah, could. you got to go yeah, through yeah. with it. Otherwise, your he kids, your kids know you back down.
0: Yes, yeah. exactly. For That's the, the family, only way you he... get the
1: respect of your kids. That is one thing I've learned. Is like I actually had to have a golden retriever brought in. You know, there, we didn't get a natural retriever, but yeah, I stabbed him to death in front of the kids, and they love me much more now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: That's our dad. Yeah. Anyway, switchblades work too. I ne- I don't think I spent one day ever feeling like even the slightest fear after that. Where I was like, this guy's got it handled.
1: <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> look. That is badass. I thought you were gonna say gun. Right. Oh no. Like the fact he's like, no, I'm gonna cu- I'm gonna cut someone up out here. I'm not gonna <laughs> shoot them.
0: I'm gonna get up close to them. Get yeah. close,
1: see their eyes. <laughs> yeah, As their eyes dilate. It's like <laughs> puncture their. Yeah, <laughs> drain the blood from the yeah. body. <laughs> yeah.
2: With a gun, you can't feel the blade hitting bone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: But you know, it's funny. I just heard someone talking about the book you mentioned, which is The Imperfect Parent, right? Or The Not The Good Enough Parent. The Good, the good Enough, enough parent. parent. Yeah. Because I, it was some podcast I was listening to and someone said, um, imagine when you're a kid having perfect parents, how then that makes you imperfect all the time.
1: Oh, wow.
0: There are these parents that are trying to do it all and be it all. Yeah. And it actually kind of leaves their kids... It's then about the parents and like the kids are then just automatic fuck ups.
1: Yeah, that's um, it.
0: Instead of just we're all human and doing our best.
1: It's the same. Sh- it's like with, you know, like one thing all of us, I'm sure, have experienced when you're grieving. All of a sudden you realize like you've be- you become a grief counselor because the people are calling you and then they start unloading on you about people <laughs> that they've lost because that's how they think they can like right. make you feel that you're not alone. It's very sweet, clumsy, Whatever, but the exact identical thing can happen as a parent, where it suddenly, even though it seems like it's all about the kids, it's not about the fucking kids. It's right. about you working out your unresolved <laughs> shit and using these kids as some kind of like terrible pre- screen you can project all that stuff on. And I don't, I think it's a, probably like most parents do that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see how you wouldn't do it. It's such a powerful experience. How are you not going to freak out? You've got these living creatures that you made in your house and like they're the most beautiful things you ever saw in your life so it's like how do you not freak out
0: yeah they're going out into the world where yours aren't yet but I mean like that when my niece started getting older and then I remember calling my sister and going it was I was going through a terrible time in my life but that kind of like came out as I began to have obsessive thoughts that something was going to happen to my niece. And she was like three or four years Mm, old. And I couldn't stop thinking about it where I was like, because there was other bad shit going on in my family. And my mom was sick and all this stuff where I was like, we can't lose her now. And it was crazy. I couldn't leave it alone. And I finally told my sister where I was like, look, I'm just really worried something's going to happen to Nora. And she goes, well, welcome to parenthood. That's right? me every day. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Too bad. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. That's it. All right. That's I'm it. in it with you now.
1: And you know what else? You can't fucking enjoy Dateline anymore because, like, anytime <laughs> anyone's, like parents are getting killed when they're kids. Uh, you know? It when like I'm not again, and maybe this is an indication of how sick I am. But you know, in the old days you'd sit and watch these murder shows and it's like and the pe- children was sleeping in the other room while their uh, mother was being Decapitated with an axe. You're yeah. Like, Whoa, that is fucked up. But you're not thinking like, oh my god, those kids. Right. Are they going to go into a foster program? Oh my god, I got to get my <laughs> fucking will. What? What are we going to do if we figured out what we're going to do about the kids if we get murdered? Aaron, you know, like it, it just adds this whole other level of of like not being able to to enjoy some of the stuff. And it's weird to say we enjoy murder shows, but you know we do. I mean, come on, give me a fucking break.
0: Well, it's almost like there's the distance of when say you're like 25 and you're like, whoa, serial killers, that's intense. But you're way out here. You're just in your own world and you're like in your 20s partying and going like, I understand that the world's fucked up. But then the more more you're in the game, the more skin you have in the game, the more those stories become like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh my God, oh my God. And then it absolutely, evolves and changes as you evolve and change. And you and your if your empathy changes, which I think it gets better as you get older, I think yes. you get smarter about the human experience as you get older, and you're suddenly processing these, these things, not as kind of like a viewer of like, oh, too bad, but you're kind of like yeah. exactly that of like, why didn't anyone solve this? Yeah. How can this be? Where are those kids? Like, it yeah. becomes this thing that is... It definitely changes. I've seen it change since I, you know, when serial killers were, like, quote-unquote popular in the 90s because it was thing of suddenly, like, you have heard about Ed Gein, right? That's what Psycho was based on. He had skulls in his kitchen or his own mother's body or whatever. And you're like, what? Like, no one ever told me. And so that's the (laughs) beginning fascination part. But as it goes, yeah, you start going... This could be my neighbor. This could be my sister. Yeah. This could be my world completely falling apart. Yeah. It's horrifying.
2: And my mom, even when I was a kid, she would make me nervous. She would tell me, yeah, there's men out there in vans that will snatch you up and we won't find you. So that's why you have to wear it, carry this hunter's orange vest and stop sign and call a lot of attention to yourself like i was paranoid about kidnappers i mean don't you think
1: calling attention to yourself (laughs) is going to increase your (laughs) odds of being
0: kidnapped i know now i'm thinking she should have given you like a camouflage sweatshirt and then just like stay low and in the bushes
2: yeah yeah and it's so funny because i was dressed like a crossing guard i ended up in the newspaper and then Newspapers used to do this. They just had my parents' names and our home address right under the photo. It's like, well, that. Oh my god, that's just not going to help the situation at all.
1: <laughs> no. How many basements was your picture on? Like, how many basements <laughs> with some weird map and like a guy <laughs> looking at you? Like, I'll find the crossing guard.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, that is th- that kind of thing that. They had to change stuff like that. That was like the 80s, right? Where they're like, you know, we shouldn't put children's addresses in the newspaper anymore.
2: I guess they were doing it back then to say, hey, we have permission to put this kid in the paper. His parents are, I don't know why they would, it was just for something to say. Yeah, Yeah. This kid walks to school, here's his address. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Twice I was in the paper walking to school. And they, I, I got to get a copy of that because it was just...
1: You know what? They're, they're going to look <laughs> at people putting their kids on Instagram in the same way. Yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, yeah. In 10 or 15 years, people are going to be like, what the fuck were you doing that for? Didn't you know about deep fakes and AI and, <laughs> and facial recognition and, like, your kid's going to end up in some, like... Facial recognition augmented reality <laughs> goggle thing for kidnappers so they can know their name and then like cross reference into all your. Facebook posts and know your grandmother is and just pick them up at school, no problem. You know, like that is going to happen. And it's going to happen and it's spooky. What
0: about when he fucking, Mark Zuckerberg was like, oh, we're going to stop doing facial recognition software where it's yeah. like, no one knew you were doing that. Yeah. And they came out like, oh, we were, we're suspending all of that where it's like, yeah. sorry, did it start already? Or yeah. what's this announcement? Oh,
2: I forget what I say to public and what I say in meetings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) holy shit we've been doing it yes
0: it's
1: crazy it's crazy yeah it's crazy and it's like the idea that they actually are just going to wipe all that data think how much money that information is worth to god knows who like there are people out there would pay so much money for whatever that information is they're not going to erase that they've already probably already sold it more than a few times you know whatever that thing is to law enforcement at least
0: Suddenly that video of Mark Zuckerberg in the, you know, that uh, boardroom meeting that when he first announced Meta and he's like, and here's what your boardroom meeting can look like. And then you you log on there and you're in the meeting. Like, what the fuck? I don't <laughs> work at Meta. Shit. Why am I in the meeting? He's <laughs> like, you agreed the last time we did a, that's the thing. Every time I do the, I agree to the, uh, we have new terms and conditions. I'm just like, what, I'm not reading this. And I know for a fact, it says you can record me. As I sleep or some shit that, like, I do not want to agree to.
1: You know, we were just in Las Vegas for this psychedelic conference. I was, I was like, hanging out with some friends in the hotel and we were high. And we started thinking, like, what if, I don't know why we we're thinking this, but we started thinking, what if Mark Zuckerberg just walked through the door <laughs> right now? Like, would you die? Would we die? We were like, one of us would die. Like, one of us would... Uh, your heart would explode, you know, just in the horror of seeing, like, suddenly he's like, hey, what's up, guys? Just like what you said, like, hey, what's up? Yeah, terms of service. You know, you you didn't sign it, but the person we based, the avatar that you are, uh, did sign it. And so, yeah, you're mine now. Like, you're you're an echo that I digitized, and I own you completely. That's it. You know, why not? Like, that's the thing is like with <laughs> all the terms of service stuff that we've signed, at some point have we given away not our own identity, obviously or our own our own souls or bodies or whatever, but have we given up? our autonomy over our form and personality. And you know what I mean? To me, that's just yeah. is so fucking creepy to imagine that we, and then that, you know, that gets even creepier because ideas, Oh no, you've already been digitized, you know, yeah. like,
2: yeah, that's what this is. It fact. would be terrible. Yeah. If there's a digitized hologram version of me out there, that is also a comic and he's getting better gigs than me having a better <laughs> career.
1: In the metaverse. Yeah, but th- in the metaverse. But just think, isn't that like, isn't that just the way, like, once AI figures out comedy and, like, you know, just decides it's going to walk around in your digitized form? And isn't it an inevitability that you're like, whatever that is, has a much more popular podcast than yours? And people kind of like you because you look like that being, but they're like, yeah, you're not quite as funny. I- I'm going to go hang out with the digital you. I like
0: your your initial fear that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is going to use all those terms of service to essentially be like an old style '90s pot dealer, where he's like, "You have to hang out with me. You signed <laughs> oh, it in the gosh. terms of service. I'm here in Vegas, and you fucking can't yeah. leave
2: this room." Uh, let's start with what are you guys talking about? And he just yep. he just sits cross legged,
0: and he has all that SPF on his face, like he did in the Hawaiian photo, where he's just like mind faced.
1: <laughs> Power is scary. Just sometimes when I'm really letting my mind wander, <laughs> just the idea of like accidentally running into any of these people, like Elon Musk or Zuckerberg or uh, the, what's that Bezos or anything, yeah. wouldn't, it, wouldn't there be an aspect of it that was just really
2: creepy and yeah. scary? Terrifying. Yes. Especially if it's in an elevator or a sauna or something, you can't just turn around and walk out. Yeah. And they're shirtless, yeah, shirtless and sweaty. Just Zuckerberg sweating it out.
0: There was a clip of Leonardo DiCaprio being, <laughs> I think, meeting um, Bezos and his new girlfriend. Wow. And the, he could have been like, I love you, you're the greatest. But the physical thing that he did, he basically was like going like this and backing away, doing this thing with his hands like, you two no." And it's the funniest wow. silent clip where he's just like, either they gotta go by. And then like he walks wow. out of the clip where it's just like, even if... It's the kind of thing you can't control when you're just on video all the time where it's just like, oh, you think you're you think that was a polite, like, hey, great, nice to meet you. Sorry, I have to go over here. But it actually looked like a no thank you. (laughs) Like he pointed at them and then moved away. (laughs) It
1: was hilarious. But look, I think that's a healthy reaction to that level of power imbalance. It's just like, how am I gonna be myself around somebody who is like one of the new kings of like the new world order, like a duke of hell. How am I going to like not be like slightly like jittery and weird? Just
0: practice every day in the mirror going, hey, pay your taxes, pay some taxes. You could solve everything if you would just pay some taxes.
1: Yeah, right. But that being said, like, see, this is the thing. Like, I think there's a lot of hubris and I think that there's something very noble in people trying to make that aspect of re- of, of the economy fair. But I think the state, the governments of the world, have, have all this hubris when it comes to their ability to control these people. You know, it's like uh, they're kings and they let these wizards set up towers <laughs> mm-hmm. in their kingdom. And then the wizards started creating these beautiful, magical devices <laughs> that we all became so hyper-dependent on. But then also the devices were watching everything that we do, a panopticon, consensual panopticon. And uh, so so government agents and, and all, people in all tiers of the government are using these devices all the time to transmit state secrets and their own personal bullshit. (laughs) And so there's some illusion that these people have now that suddenly they can tell the wizards, like, listen, we're going to break up your tower and you're (laughs) going to start giving us the gold that we've been giving you back. And the wizards are like, I know everything about you. Yeah. I know when you shit, I know what you sound like when you have sex, because I've been recording it via my devices. I know every text you've sent to your wife and every text you've sent to your mistress and every text you've sent to your boyfriend. I know exactly what's at Area 51. And I have all this information in my servers. Do you really think we're going to give you our, our money? Yeah. No, of course not. And, and so to me, I think it's like, you know, it's worth a try. But look, I mean, if Jeffrey Epstein, with all the little bit of uh, information he apparently had, could gain that much power and money and notoriety, how much more so Bezos or Zuckerberg or any of these fucking people? You know, I think they're probably already running the show.
0: Yeah, clearly they are. Clearly
2: they are. Uh, That all just blew my mind. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> then you turn to your three-year-old and go, do you want some applesauce? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's not much else we can do.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's probably not much we could do at this point with it. I mean, I don't know. You never know. I'm, the governments are very powerful. It's just, I don't know. How do you do it?
0: Someone's got to find the big plug. This was my thing when, um, like, when the Trump administration kind of, when we thought it was bad, but we had no idea how bad it was about to get, my thing was like, why can't anyone figure out how to unplug Fox News? Like, just some... whats not there some kind of computer system that somebody could hack and it just... And turn off the feed of insanity into these people's minds? Like, why can't that... Like that it's almost like that's what anonymous seemed to promise at at one point, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we will come in and end you, and it's like where are where are you? Someone yeah. go in and just unplug it somehow,
1: that just is going to unplug Fox News and that'll just produce another story, you know that creates even more validity to the the propaganda, right, yeah, like no matter true. what you do there's if you let it just run full steam ahead, it does what it's doing now. If you try to control it at all, it uses that attempt to prove its point regarding yeah. fascism. And so, yeah, there's really not much you could do about it, right? Like there isn't. Yeah. I it doesn't mean, seem like it.
2: Yeah, not and if much. you you take it away from the viewers, all of a sudden they have idle time and they're going to get creative. No, just keep watching Fox News. We don't need yeah. you. to make oh, a I new thing. Oh, I love watch,
1: but it's <laughs> so fun to watch Fox News. Like this is. I do. You, do you not watch? Like, like sit back and just sit down in front I of the don't. machine and I take should. it. Oh, you, yeah. Mu- yeah. you must. You must. <laughs> you must. You simply must. You have to, because you, it's it's. I think it's really important. I think understanding all forms of propaganda are so important. And it's a, a real mind fuck to switch between Fox News and CNN and see, you know, identical data sets being completely warped to say completely antithetical things, but it, there's, it's the same thing. Yeah. And it's, you see that and it's like, oh my God, it, information and truth right now are so... So impossible to really understand. They're all distorted. No matter what the purveyor of the information is, there's always some distortion happening. It's really
2: uh, well, something about it is so entertaining. Yeah, if you overlook the fact that it's scary as hell, it yeah. <laughs> if you step back further, it can be entertaining, I suppose. It's the
1: shift. Yeah, you got to do the shift. You have, yeah yeah. Because that's all. That, literally, when I'm thinking like, well, what real control do I have? you know, over the megalithic, whatever the fuck, monolithic, monolithic. Now, I think megalith is an ancient structure. (laughs) Monolithic, (laughs) like monolithic, whatever it is. The only control is to, like, do some kind of shift where you can, like, understand the absurdity of it instead of being caught and in it, you know? Maybe that's cowardly or something. I mean, there's obviously real-world things you could do. Tell people you got a fucking vaccine. You know what I mean? Like just real simple things. Try to make, uh, try to try to help people in your community. All that stuff. But yeah, community.
0: For your, Don't you think yeah. community is is kind of the? I think that's the thing that when the storyline is everything's fake news and everything is dangerous, somehow getting in there and actually having the real world experience have have a lot more compassion and a lot more connection for people. Because to me, you know, it used to feel really scary. And then it was like, to me, the people who talk about it well are the ones who talk about that basically everything is about fear and how you combat fear. And it's yeah. like you combat fear with compassion and connection. Mm. And so people aren't just left to their own devices. Like when you see the mask, People all on the one corner in Huntington Beach, those are some of the loneliest people. That's what that story should be about. Because yeah. like these people are going down there because they feel like no one understands them and no one likes them and they don't have anything in their life. Yeah. And so they're going down there to get that like high school, you know, football game feeling again because yeah. they haven't had it in years and years.
2: My brain is melting and I swear I'm so convinced I have COVID right now that I can't I can't even think straight. I should it was rude of me. I should have waited to after the podcast.
0: Take the test.
2: I will, I will, I will. It it's too involved. But I do I did it once before and I do like being in control over how far you can stick that thing up your nostril. Because I really go for it. Because it's me, it's not someone else. I took so yes. many of those tests. They look like lollipops. Yeah. You like, you know, you're
1: doing this swab every time you're like, please just let the line be gone. And it's like, it's not fucking gone. It's darker. You know? And then yeah, it's the craziest thing. I ended up with a just collection of these COVID. I think my wife said they call them forbidden lollipops. I ended up with <laughs> so many of them for testing over and over and it's such a good feeling when it the line starts like getting fainter and oh my
2: god it feels so good when it's gone it's Ugh. the best oh really you just kept testing while having it to see how much was in it's all yeah because the cdc's
1: guidelines they have guidelines about when the when it stops showing up like when it's ethical to be around people oh, basically wow. and, and i okay. just wanted i didn't want to I didn't feel right leaving the, like, even though I like by the end, I had no symptoms or whatever. I was still showing positive. I just felt, I would have felt satanic. Right. Going down the fucking elevator with (laughs) like COVID, you know? So it's just like, you want it to be blank. And then like, anyway, 10 days, they say though, it's like, we just tried to follow those, um, those like, whatever those were just to not (laughs) like kill people. Sure. It just seems likely this, Thing. when I had COVID, if you have it, you'll get to experience this.
2: <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> I'm so dizzy right now. I feel like oh, I'm no. on drugs.
1: <laughs> I, I well, no, that's the that's what you know. A lot of like you hear people say like brain fog and stuff with COVID. Yeah, these are people who haven't taken psychedelics. If you've <laughs> taken a psychedelic and you have COVID, you suddenly you're like, whoa, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Right. Like this is making me trip. <laughs> oh, like I'm shit. kind of fucking high right now. And I I've talked to other people about right it. Now. They say that. Yeah, it's like got a psychedelic component to it, which is really weird. Like it it's affecting and and and, and just cuz I'm like a weirdo. I'm like in in bed just thinking like, "Oh, this is like what whatever this thing is, you can kind of you can kind of feel it scanning your body. You can kind of talk to it and it doesn't work like a normal it's not like normal sicknesses. Like it, the the symptoms are similar, but the way it it, it treats your body is if you're vaccinated. Statistically, yeah, you're gonna yeah. be oh, so I know. I'm not
2: too worried. I am looking forward to 20 years from now having the COVID flashbacks, though.
1: <laughs> I, that is a little scary. Look, we're all thinking about that. Like, oh fuck. Like, yeah, right now I'm okay, but yeah, who knows what's coming? You know, who
0: fucking a- knows? But also, guess what? Even if this wasn't happening, who knows what's coming? I mean, that's actually the. That's <laughs> yeah. just that's the old uh, burden we're all carrying in this life, which is. You can get it all organized and you can line it all up exactly how you want. And it doesn't mean the bus isn't going to come and drive right through your fucking front door. That's like, right. It's just the way it is. We <laughs> like to pretend we have control and then we know what's going on. And we absolutely don't. I, I think there's the advantage that some of us had in the pandemic and in quarantine that was such a freaky time. I remember like three months in because I kept every day I'd get up and go, I wonder if I'm going to go crazy. I wonder if I'm gonna snap or something. No. Yeah. I wonder if this fit right for now. me. And then I re- then I realized a couple months in, I was like, oh no, I've been I've been through way worse shit than this. Like yeah. I've been through way more personal loss and shit and fucking all kinds of stuff where it's like, oh no, I just have to stay in my house and I might at some point have to eat the kidney beans I've had up in the in, <laughs> on the shelf for a really long time that I don't prefer. That's probably <laughs> as bad as it's going to get for me here in modern America. But other than that, it's not like my mom's gonna die again. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's, not, it's not like the, the really hard, awful shit I've been through it set this table where it's like, oh, I feel bad for the people that haven't had massive loss or yeah. had their reality completely ripped in half. Because I think if you went through something like that before this shit, when it was happening, you were just like, all right, I can kind of like ride this wave.
1: Yeah, the grief tribe. I think people with grief had like a little, had an edge on people who
2: hadn't had the that bubble pop. It's a, which is what happens when yeah. your folks die, or just young people. That's why right away I was like felt bad for young people going through this because it's like oh they have had no trauma to prepare themselves. Yes. Right. and it, right at the point where you want to be riding bikes and going out <laughs> and trying to kiss people for the first time, you're just in a house the whole time. I was thinking about kids. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got to no, be. Yeah.
0: That uh, Lake of the Ozarks um, picture where there was like 100 people in a very small pool that were all like, we don't care and yeah. we're going <laughs> to do it anyway. It's like mid, <laughs> mid-quarantine. And there was a part of me that was like, if I was 22, I would have absolutely been at that stupid pool because… totally. That was like, it's all I cared about. It was, I was definitely a drunk and I was a stand-up comic and all I wanted to do every moment of the day was have fun and be around other people my age and like connect with people. And if you were, if that happened to you and like, if I had to be quarantined at that point in my life, I, it would have been very dark. It would have been really fucking bad.
2: It is so interesting what is, I'm experiencing right now with you two because you're both saying really beautiful things and I've never had my brain function at such a low level while also <laughs> feeling like I am high on drugs. Uh, even visually, things are... I. Th- I honestly, it might be this allergy thing, and maybe I have a bit of a fever. But I am, I am convinced that while on the podcast, while recording, I have acquired this COVID thing. Why don't it's,
1: you do this? Well, we'll just do. Why don't kid. you do the test? Do, do the test. Let me. I mean, yeah, is yeah. that too sensationalist?
0: Do it. Do it.
2: I mean, I might as well do the test.
0: Also, I have to say. I love talking to you, Duncan, so much. And you and I do this sometimes. Like, I'm not as well-read as you. I definitely don't. Yeah, you are. I avoid a lot of things that really scare me. Like, you know the things I like that scare me. But the stuff that scares me is like what you're talking about, where it is this kind of like (laughs) we've given away our, we've signed away our identity. But I really enjoy discussing this with you of, like, this human experience.
2: Thanks. I'm enjoying watching it. It's so funny that I'm one of the hosts of this podcast, and all of a sudden I was just watching a thing for entertainment, feeling kind of no pressure to chime in. One, because I don't want to sound dumb, but also my brain is currently melting in my skull. Do the (laughs) test. I'm going to do the test, but I do want to say it's been really fun to listen to Karen, uh, to you talk about this stuff, because it is out of... Uh, character for us to build. Uh. Listen,
1: if you have it, I've got I, those people who are, were in Austin. They're in LA, so I can connect you with them if you want, and they'll like, they'll like come and get you hydrated and stuff, and
2: give you like oh, vitamins that, and yeah. Stuff. Let's. I mean, this it's kind of involved. I have to like. It takes ten minutes. Yeah.
1: By the way, Karen, can I tell you something real quick? Um, uh, both of you, I'm sorry. I don't mean to isolate you, because I'm sorry. It's no, just no. karen i yeah, No,
2: I've been, I've been taking it's a real backseat. you back have COVID. Seat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you I have COVID do, yeah. now. <laughs> we, <laughs> you have know, COVID. You have
1: COVID in 10 days. We'll listen to you again. <laughs> yeah. But right now, you're essentially a, a non-human thing, you know. <laughs> you shouldn't have gone outside. But the, <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe I laughed. So I was talking to my friend who's a psychiatrist, and stop, I'm sure you probably already know this fact. So please stop, stop me. But he was saying when in psychiatry you find yourself with a patient who is a sociopath and you identify that because the patient isn't gonna obviously isn't gonna say I'm a sociopath, but you identify that this is a sociopath, the only thing you're supposed to do is immediately stop treatment because they're all, they're they're there to either hurt you or to, to like learn something to manipulate somebody else or to do some fucked up thing. They're not there for treatment. How terrifying is that? <laughs> that is so fucking terrifying when you're sitting in your office and you realize this is a fucking sociopath. Yeah. Oh for real. my god. Oh, have you yeah. heard that
0: before? Um I think I may have read it somewhere, but I first of all love it and that exact kind of anecdote is exactly what I'm in that whole area for because I find the way and this is that thing of like we don't know about our brains very much like we all think we do and everybody thinks they're so fucking smart we don't know shit we don't we truly don't and we don't know how we work and that whole idea that like you know the uh Well, John Ronson had the sociopath test, but there was one about sociopaths in business where they're basically like any person that's running a huge business, the odds that they are a sociopath are are like really good because that's what it takes to get to the top is to basically you run on... Uh, winning, beating people, sex and revenge. Like everything is... (laughs) It boils down to power. Everything is about power. And that idea that there are... First of all, like being in LA, being in show business, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. There's so many more of those people in this town than like anywhere else, in my opinion. And that idea that we are at the mercy of people like that. Because oftentimes I think when somebody shows you behavior like that, you're just like, well, I would never do that. So there's no way that's what they're doing. But that's how they get you. That's how you become like a a sociopath victim. Sociopaths and psychopaths and all that, every part of that kind of psychology stuff is so fascinating. Because like, it's that thing of there aren't, there's not monsters, it's other people. Like, that's the truth of it. It's like, we wish it was like just... Count Dracula, and he was just this, you know, he was like supernatural or whatever. But it's like, no, Count Dracula was probably just a sociopath that was like, make sure everybody gives me their money and my castle gets bigger.
2: Yeah. Same thing. That's interesting. I just realized I have always thought of like when I feel like my career isn't going well or when it's been in a position where nothing was happening the silver lining is well at least i'm not a sociopath (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah i didn't have to do what you have to do to become successful Yeah, (laughs) I'm riddled with self doubt like a healthy person. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna lay down and not hurt anyone. You feel (laughs) my brain is cooking,
1: (laughs) you get to experience joy and compassion and not be a a living, praying mantis creature (laughs) that is essentially just like some kind of awful human (laughs) avalanche that's like pouring destruction into time. That's nice, man, yeah, it's thank God. But don't you ever wonder, like, have you ever like, gotten paranoid and thought, fuck, am I a sociopath? Like, <laughs> sure. am I tricking myself into thinking that these are actual human emotions I'm having when in fact they're <laughs> just some pale, shadowy, sad <laughs> attempt at summoning up a human experience? Or that like, when you hear about
0: other people's good news, and you're just immediately like I fucking hate them or yeah. why them or, that kind of thing that I think as comics we all feel very often or always have cuz it's part of part of why we are can get on stage in front of people and tell jokes where that's most people's worst fears because there's a piece of us that is like, I'm the one that should be talking and I know this and like that there is that in us a little bit, but like, I've definitely done like those kinds of brain exercises where I'm just like, (laughs) "Hmm, do I want to crush everyone? Am I truly (laughs) not happy for one other person's good fortune? That's fucked up
2: it's a case-by-case thing with me it is I'm oftentimes very honestly proud of people when but other times yeah I'm like that person. How dare You know yeah. what
1: I've heard Sociopaths, they don't fucking think that They're not sitting around like Am I a sociopath? <laughs> they're like sharpening a fucking knife And like watching They're sharpening a knife Looking at a, a video on YouTube Over and over again Of somebody they're gonna fuck up That's what they're doing They're not like, am I evil? They're like, oh, I think I'm gonna go to a psychiatrist So I can get a fucking <laughs> prescription so for benzo So I can put it in their drink That's probably what I'll do yeah. (laughs) You know, so yeah, you don't have to worry, you know, you're probably, but my friends, you know, I think these borderline and all the personality disorders, they exist, they all exist within us. Like there's some, you're not going to have a perfect personality. There's some thing in it that is that so yes you it's like yeah you probably do have some symptoms of this or that you know which is why don't go in the fucking DSM 4 man my mom was a psychologist and I used to just sit and flip through that fucking thing convinced I'm like I'm that I'm that that. (laughs) yeah
0: that's what I love it too is that's the story over and over again where it's like it can't when they find that people are like you know sociopaths or serial killers or something very horrifying and like off the charts and people are just like he was so nice and it's like right they do that on purpose like they don't they're never gonna get pulled over and be like uh uh, here officer here's my license and be nervous they don't get nervous ever they're never nervous they never feel love or hate or any it's just like get me mine always yeah yeah
2: that's amazing why do i keep thinking of will smith i kind of like that guy (laughs) Oh my god. how <laughs> dare you? He's Will like a real Smith, Smith. is. Not I, a no, sociopath. What am I talking about? My brain, it's it's a virus. The it's prince a- of I love Will Smith. I'm saying he's the most lovable sociopath.
1: Honestly, one of the first symptoms of COVID. That's one of the first
2: <laughs> symptoms. You think Will Smith is a sociopath. No one knows why, but it's like one of the first- I would have done the test on I think it would have been a fun end to this episode if I was like, hey. It's red, (laughs) but I am not smart enough to even read the directions and figure it out I know one of these things has to go into an orifice
0: We'll follow up. Yeah, yeah. I I, I need to
2: know. I I would like to know. This has been. I mean, I usually at the end I say you've been listening, but I've been listening as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you guys. It was
0: great, though. It was fun. Do you have anything else you want to plug?
2: Yeah, yeah. What's what's you're doing a voice in a new series, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm. uh, That's Krapopolis. Uh, that's good you know it's animation so it's going to be out in a while I'm m- sooner than that I'm going to be at the uh, Zanies in Nashville the weekend after Valentine's Day so um, and that's going to be one of my first show that's going to be my return to like actually like touring and doing stand-up so I'm excited
2: trepidatious and nervous if you
0: haven't seen Duncan Trussell do stand-up comedy you absolutely have to see him he is one of the most fascinating interesting hilarious comedians you feel like you were taught something at the end you think about new things it's an amazing live experience you absolutely should go
1: hey thank y'all are the best it's so wonderful to get get time to to hang out with you and I'm excited I'm coming back to LA in the summer hopefully we can see each other other in person, yeah. out, anytime y'all have time, I'd love to have you on my show. I know you've already been on, Karen, but I'd love to have. You I on would, it, Chris. yeah,
2: and I will be firing on all cylinders. My brain will be <laughs> functioning. It, I, yeah. my brain took a back seat today, but uh, I, I will do it when I'm fully functioning.
1: Love it. Hey, seriously, if you do, if you're positive, yeah, reach out to me and like I'm telling. You, will. this this You, you want some? You will.
2: It, it, this is good. It's a good. Okay. Yeah, I, it was days. inevitable <laughs> that I was gonna get it. I am fully convinced. I know it this isn't a prank I'm doing for this episode. I am getting worse <laughs> and worse. I'm like <laughs> dizzy.
0: It'd be an amazing uh, prank. Yeah, All right, well then happening. let's wrap it up before
2: you really of course bad uh, Duncan, to great to see you again. Uh yes, you, we love you. Thank you, you so much. Love you. Here. Thanks for having me on. Much like me, <laughs> today you've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? <laughs> DYN. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Engineered by Stephen Ray Morris. Mixed by Ryo Baum. Theme song by Karen Gilgara. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D Y N A R Podcast.
0: For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com.
2: Listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Oh, and you're welcome.